Hello, guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the MSC Performance Podcast with me, Mark Corson, and Max Hartman. Uh, today, we are very much looking forward to talking a little bit um, about rest and recovery protocols in regards to your training. So, it's one of the questions that's come up from our uh, members, and it's always um, it's quite a kind of regular question that pops up. You know, how long should I be resting between sets? Um, what should I, you know, how many days a week should I be resting uh, around the training? Do I need to rest after a, a lifting day or after a conditioning day? So we're going to start off talking in the micro of like, you know, rest between sets, uh, then into rest days per week. Then we're going to talk a little bit about um, deload weeks and taper weeks, even taking a complete break for a week, um, and sort of evolve from uh, evolve from there. So. Um, First of all, how, how are we doing, Max? Welcome back to the, the, the podcast. Always good to be on. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, busy few weeks. Great start to the year. Really, really good January so far. I think for myself personally, business-wise, for the gym, you know, um, everyone seems to be cracking on really well. Classes are going really well. Great buzz in, in Barbell Club this morning with the groups there, 6 and 7 a.m. Um, so, yeah, just a really good, uh, good positive start to the year. Definitely positive. Definitely positive. I think in the... Uh, in the barbell club, like especially this week, we're starting to just ramp up a notch mm-hmm. with the with the training. Obviously, we spoke um, a little bit on the podcast before about the importance of kind of being sensible mm-hmm. as we're building back into our training after a bit of a uh, break, or most people having a bit of a break at Christmas. So, just being very sensible with that progressive overload mm-hmm. and just not aiming necessarily too high at the beginning, just getting consistency back, doing the basics. Um, but this week, um, with the way we've programmed it, and I've definitely noticed um, in the gym in both the mornings and the evening groups, like just the temperatures has been nudged up mm-hmm. just a, a little mm-hmm. bit. Did you find that this morning? Yeah, and it's um, it's the first week where, and, and this probably speaks a lot to some of the kind of the stuff that we'll come on to talking about recovery and whatnot. The um, yeah, there's a few people this week for the first time in, in the new year. You know, coming towards the back end of the week. Uh, Thursday there's a few people starting to come in instead of having that normal kind of buzz where everyone's fresh everyone's getting straight into it. it's the first time when people are coming and they're creaking a little bit they said you know I'm, I'm 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 struggling a bit today just a little bit sore a little bit tired but I think with those guys it's um it's probably the guys that have done or, or men and women that, that have done you know a lot of barbell club throughout the week they stick into the barbell club program they're then supplementing that with Metcon or they're supplementing that with their own training it's fantastic that you know we're getting towards the back end of the month. It's it's New Year, New Me territory where people are really, really working hard and people are grafting and getting a lot. And it's taken you know four weeks for people to start saying, "I'm a little bit sore, I'm a little bit tired," but then they start lifting. They're still progressing. They're still able to build on what they're doing. They're still hitting the right RPE. So although they're um you know kind of coming in and they're starting to feel themselves creaking a little bit, it's still very, very manageable and it's still at a level where they're tolerating it and that kind of fatigue is almost designed and built into the program on purpose. You know, since the last week of the first uh, four week cycle, sure. we'll probably get yeah, a little bit of a back off. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's quite nice and quite balanced in that respect. But you can see that, like I said, the first time this morning where a couple of people came in and said, I'm a little bit sore, I'm a little bit tired. Um, you know, four weeks in, that's, that's great. That's good. kind of spot on. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where we want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it's trending the right side of it. They're coming in, they're still cracking on, still managing to get the work done. I'm sure a lot of them will still be here tomorrow at 6 a.m. for, for Metcon. Absolutely. And the, uh, the the RPE scale helps a lot with that as well in terms of how we monitor the load. Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of, over the last few years, um, in the strength conditioning community, 
uh, come away a little bit from, you know, not neglect them completely, there's still a time and a place, but come away a little bit from percentages and say, right, you've got to come in and hit 80% of your one rep max mm-hmm. for, you know, three sets of five or whatever it is. And that RPE scale just allows that little bit of, you know, for some of, the, for some of these guys in Barbell Club, you know, obviously, as we've said in the programming, we're trying to cause some fatigue at the moment. Yeah, exactly. um, and for some guys, that's maybe a little bit, a little bit new. Some guys we know will um, react to that fatigue a little bit better than others. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the RPE scale there just gives us that flexible template exactly. to just, you know, j- j- just work from on a more individual basis. Yeah, and, and it's, again, especially if you're new to training, um, you know, if you've never been in the gym before, this is your first four-week cycle. Who's going to be able to go off percentages for a lateral raise? Yeah. Who's going to know? Who's going to know where their intensity is? So, if nothing else, it really boils it down and says like, right, how hard should this exercise feel? Um, so if you can say, right, okay, this is a this is a nine RPE, this is sets of ten, this is sets of twelve. Okay, I get it. Like I should be working really hard on this. Yeah. Um, whereas at other times, you know, it might be there's that sets of three or sets of five. But okay, we're only cooking at a seven RPE, so it's starting to get heavy, but. Um, it's still very much it should be should be within the realms of comfort. So it immediately and intuitively, even if you're not kind of um, up to date on what your rep maxes are, and you can't work back from 100% and equate what your four rep max and your three rep max is, intuitively straight away it gives you a lot of information as to like how should I feel doing this set. Yeah, and it's a very very yeah. simple. It boils it down into one principle: how, how should this set feel? 100%. I think with the rest as well, it's just such a key part of the overall structure of training. Like if you're if you're if you're someone who's very um, inconsistent in the gym, you probably don't need to worry too much about it. But if you are a consistent trainer, which you know we find most of uh, most of our guys are, um, it is a, a massively essential part of, of of training. You know, when you're, you know, to put it in simple terms, you're coming into the gym, you're essentially tearing and breaking down muscle fibers through your your training, and then in your rest and your recovery and your nutrition is where you're essentially you know rebuild rebuilding, rebuilding you know real build, building and growing new new muscle fibers. So you know, it, it is important. Like you need your rest, you need your recovery. You need to get those kind of things uh, correct. We're not necessarily going to go into like the one percenters today of, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, massage rolling, you know, things like that. But like, you know, we are going to go into like the, the important the aspects. Nuts bolts, the, the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes. The low of, hanging um, fruit. The, crikey, wow. The low <laughs> hanging fruit. Uh, fruit, fruit, low hanging fruit. Um of uh, of rest and recovery yeah and it's um you know we'll uh, say we'll, we'll divulge into even you know weeks and you know do we take take a week deload weeks things like that i'm actually taking a deload week with my own training at the moment um because i haven't been playing with the injury i've not had a deload week for a couple of blocks now but you know it was the right time to to scale back a little bit and just feel so good for it like already you know we're thursday back end of the week and it's like wow yeah a deload week is like a bloody it's a, useful it's a real thing you know, it's, it, it, yeah. It, it, yeah it's like i know it works been doing it for you know 15 years but like it is good to have working. that yeah yeah active reminder of like wow this is not and it's like a nice treat to mm-hmm. have your session a little bit shorter and things like that so you keeping the intensity like you know around the same to be honest but just dropping the volume down, just obviously, back to thirty percent. Yeah, so uh, dropping the set for all the exercises, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Up to start um, with the absolute basics. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of people, even experienced gym goers, say, "How how long should I be resting between sets?" You know, mm-hmm. we, uh, yeah, myself and Lou gave uh, you know our, our listeners a bit of a bollocking for being on the phones too much in between yeah. uh, in, in between sets and things like that. 
um i got myself into a real bad habit of, of doing it of like you know having a rest in between set and sending an email or like scrolling instagram and then i've given myself a slap on the face and mm-hmm. um sorted that out and now leave the phone in the office train and i'm really enjoying training because mm-hmm. of it Agreed. and i've had a lot of good Agreed. feedback from that podcast of like wow such a simple thing like mm-hmm. our phones consume our lives these days yeah. just to actually put that away for a bit train enjoy the atmosphere like have a bit of god forbid a bit of thinking time to <laughs> let, let yourself actually you have to talk to someone you might have to talk <laughs> to someone it's crazy yeah um so uh yeah that's something we spoke about in your rest periods just trying to be a bit more mindful and a bit more mentally prepared for the next set be in the moment a little mm-hmm. bit more um but you know for our, our listeners now to you know, do you want to just divulge into like timings and yeah, you know. there was always this old. Um, I think when I was a you know a, a spring chicken, first getting into the gym and starting to lift weights, so I was kind of long time ago. Long, long time ago, mate. I'm thirty, I'm thirty soon, so it feels like a long time ago. But um, there was always this kind of idea that if you wanted to get strong, you know, you rest for five minutes in sets. If you wanted to get big, it was like sixty second rest because you build up more fatigue, you can get yeah. bigger pump or whatnot. But um, we just know that's not the case and, and, and from sort of intuitively as well whether it's whether you're reading a, a paper and you're looking at scientifically the sort of literature says or just intuitively from feeling like your own training over time there's going to be this big trade-off as you say if you're sending emails between uh, between sets and you're resting five, six, seven minutes Guilty. there's only <laughs> there's, there's only so um, tuned in that you can be to that session there's only so committed to that session that you can be and there's only there's only so um so far you can go with that. There's only so much intensity you can bring to it. Whereas conversely, if you're only resting 30 to 60 seconds between heavy sets of squats or heavy sets of deadlifts, there's only so long before you're going to start missing reps. If you're down for you know three hard sets or four hard sets of six or four hard sets of five on an RDL and you give yourself 30 seconds rest, there's no way you're getting those reps. Mm-hmm. It's might be a set of six and then it's a set of four and then it's a set of one and then it's a set of one and, and it drops right off. So, Generally speaking, literature-wise and then uh, intuitively from those that kind of have done a lot of training, we know that realistically anywhere from two to three minutes is pretty much spot on. Yeah. And when we're talking about size and when we're talking about strength, because yeah. it's that nice toss-up between actually you're resting long enough to, to kind of resynthesize some of the, the, the components and the fuel for high-intensity exercise. Yes. And yeah. you're uh, resting long enough that realistically if you're doing four or five sets you should be able to get your reps out on all of them mm-hmm. assuming you're selecting the weight properly and um, but again it's not so long that you're that you're not fully invested in that session and um, that being said you know i think looking if you go back to some of the old school like polyquin principles that kind of stuff if you're really training for like body composition or you know you're really just out and out trying to get a big calorie burn trying to expend a lot of energy or you may be towards the back end of the session you're doing a lot of accessory work isolation stuff and there's a time and a place for a lot of density cutting and getting down, yeah cutting, cutting the rest down getting a lot of work done in a short space of time um yeah and, and there is times that you know that there's there's a good application for that from a from a body composition perspective like i say if you just want a lot of work in a short space of time to really build up fatigue at the end of the session then perfect yeah um yeah. if you're looking at sports performance and you're in a, in a certain phase where you're looking to work kind of the endurance capacity or muscular endurance, however you want work capacity, however you want to label it of a certain muscle group, because your sport demands that you have that, then a lot of work in a short space of time, getting to a lot of fatigue in a given muscle group is a useful tool. But with density, with a lot of work in a short space of time comes a lot of fatigue. 
and you've got to recognize that. The and there, there's a trade off, exactly. Load. Yeah, you've got to exactly. pay the price for the load. Um, so, we wouldn't recommend, like, you know, for example, when you're, you know, you're trying to get stronger in your squats, your deadlifts, you're not going to be taking a minute rest in between, no, in between sets. No. If you're throwing in your accessory work, your back raises, your curls, your push downs, things like that at the end, mm-hmm. by all means, you know, have yeah. at it. If you're doing a bit of a I don't like the phrase, but like a general prep phase or something mm-hmm. off season, you want to get around with some bigger exercises, even you can work at mm-hmm. a higher, higher tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think like we're, you know, we're talking 90% of the people, 90% of the time, we're probably looking at two to three minutes yeah. as yeah. you know, the, as the, as the, ben- as a benchmark, mm-hmm. if you need a bit more, take a bit more, it ain't going to kill you. Mm-hmm. If you're happy to crack on and you need a bit less, have a bit less but just be wary of you know look if you're trying to push the the, the strength aspects which is obviously what we're the components of is you know adding load to, to the barbell and mm-hmm. you know getting stronger then just be wary that if you cut that rest down too short then you're just not going to have the you know you're not going to have the rest recovery the replenishment mm-hmm. to, to to go again and hit those um, hit those top uh, top sets um there's definitely uh people that fall outside of that you know what you'll find is like Generally speaking, the the heavier the load that someone's lifting, you know, the more rest and recovery you're going to need, and that goes up with like, for example, like if you're a um, heavyweight powerlifter and you're deadlifting 300 kilos plus, for example, mm-hmm. your rests and you're and you're working at one rep max or you're working singles, doubles, triples, mm-hmm. you may well be taking. 10 minutes rest yeah you know per, yeah. per, per set yeah. um it's the same with top end um you know top end olympic lifters as well might they won't be taking as long because the time and attention isn't as much as a power lifter but they may still take a longer uh, longer re- recovery period and even your light you know even your you know um your, your lighter uh, power lifters as well you know if they're lifting heavy load like they'll you know generally need a bit more a bit more recovery but i think we could safely say for most people most of the time you know two three minutes mm-hmm. it's uh it's about on the money save yourself some time if you want if you're in a rush by doing some density work upper body wise no mm-hmm. dramas i think like in terms of accessories getting your push pull done super setting mm-hmm. um you know something i like to do a lot if, if i'm doing upper body accessory work just push straight to pull then a bit of recovery mm-hmm. and then um we'll go again we'll go again so i think that probably nips the uh the, the rest protocols in terms of the the, the micro um, in fact actually it might be worth just in terms of you know we talked about strength training there but in terms of conditioning mm. as well should we sort of uh, yeah, and, and go into, into that sprinting obviously longer re- recoveries mm-hmm. if we're working aerobically obviously shorter recoveries mm-hmm. people sometimes get a little bit confused with that in terms of right when i'm doing conditioning what kind of what, you know what how long should i work for how long should i rest for mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something that um, even that kind of trade-off that we, we spoke about there with the strength training of shorter rest probably equates the fact that you can do less work. That effect is probably magnified even more so when you're talking about conditioning, when you're talking about aerobic work, anaerobic intervals, that kind of thing, high-intensity intervals is the phrase that gets thrown around all the time. Um, and I think that effect is magnified and, and, and it's even more obvious when you look at conditioning work. Um, again, from a sports performance perspective, getting caught in that middle ground of mm, kind of trying to work hard, try, trying to work hard, but not resting long enough yeah. or trying to make your intervals too long. Um, and you end up just doing a bunch of junk, moderate intensity, really, really tiring 
work um is is the trap that people fall into whereas actually like i said the, the need to almost do your conditioning how a powerlifter does their lifting where you work incredibly hard for a short space of time and then rest for a long time in between it so again how hard can you sprint on a bike for six seconds and then basically can you just be completely still for two minutes while you recover yeah you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna come and say super super makers and do the six seconds for example and rest for 10 rest seconds. for 10 seconds or 20 seconds yeah the old tabata uh, oh, you know style yeah. of like yeah. you know we're working high intensity but mm. are we really no yeah exactly um, and, and if that's if that's ends up just being yeah aerobic and not even good aerobic work because exactly. there's no volume there's no capacity exactly um i know i kind of said that you know, that applies to a watt bike sprint but if you're doing sprints on feet I think that's even more obvious. I think a good rule of thumb, if you're doing max speed sprinting, you almost want a kind of general rule. It's almost a minute of rest for every 10 meters you do. Yes. If yeah. you're doing something that's even, you know, a 30 or 40 meter sprint, you're talking about four minutes of rest. Yeah. Um, for something that takes two to three seconds. And again, the faster you are, the more highly high tuned you are, like the longer rest, like you. Exactly. You know, you, you know your top, top, you know, elite sprinters will eight to 12 minutes yeah. an hour you know, session they do next to nothing yeah. the outfits are enormous you ever train like a track athlete who's like a middle distance or long distance where they hate they hate sprinters oh yeah because they come in roll around and stretch for 45 minutes 100 meters over an hour and then and go on and then rest what yeah. life what life and they're the biggest guys on the track but, yeah um, and they look the best yeah, yeah. but yeah. um but 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 then you know you get into the kind of the other end of things where people then do again get lost in the weeds and they think oh, i need to do aerobic work or it's end up doing they, they do a wad they do a crossfit um type stuff and um, you know i think metcon's a little bit different because we're not actively using that a lot of time for out and out sports performance mm. um, and even then the metcons that we kind of we program it are are kind of zoned quite nicely i think yeah, yeah, low um, scale, yeah but... exactly exactly um but a lot of time people just don't do those those high days high enough. Like we've we've said this a million times in the podcast, the high days don't go high enough and the low days don't go low enough. Mm. If you're doing aerobic work, you should confident confidently and comfortably be able to maintain a conversation while you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah, assuming you're doing your kind of low level aerobic. There's a time to really push and a time Unless to you're doing high like, stuff. Yeah. A few weeks a year you might do some mass style. Yeah, exactly. Know, hard exactly. aerobic. But, um, but, yeah. but kind of coming back to what we're talking about from a, a stress and recovery perspective. If you're really kind of dialed in with what stress you're applying and what stimulus you're giving the body, and you can, and like I say, you're you're thinking about your work to rest ratio, you're thinking about your work intervals, you're thinking about your rest periods, and um, that allows you to quantify the stress you put on your body, it allows you to then recover properly in session and after the session as well, mm -hmm. between sessions. Yeah. Um, but it kind of speaks to this idea of you know the, the first step of rest and recovery is actually your training properly in the first place. Yes. You, know, you, you don't have to recover that hard from a session that actually was dosed appropriately in the first place. And that's like yeah. the number one spot, yeah, I think, that I think would, if we're framing this as a kind of, you know, a chat and a podcast about rest and recovery yeah. in the first place, Probably that's almost top of the list. Yeah. You know, you can't recover from something that is, no matter how good your recovery is, no matter how much your foam rolling stretching, if you just do too much in the first place, um, yeah, you, you're going to feel crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you can always put a cake back in the oven, but once it's burnt, it's burnt philosophy 101 there you go um well but but, but yeah it's um no, I'm, do, I'm doing, doing the right amount in the first place is is really really key um yeah. and then yeah. making sure you're kind of almost compartmentalizing those those sessions and saying right today is a day where i'm going to work extremely hard you know my rest my lifting is going to be heavy with three minutes of rest in between mm -hmm. and my conditioning is going to be 
six to ten second sprints on the bike and we're going to take anywhere from one to two minutes rest in between you know it's really really high effort high output stuff but actually you know you're not you're not applying that stress incorrectly you're doing it in a way that is actually probably manageable for your body yes and then i'm going to follow that up the next day with really really steady aerobic work which is you know almost steady state is four or five minute intervals and one or two minutes of rest in between that kind of thing where i'm using heart rate as a guide or i'm using rpe as a guide and i'm making sure i'm in the right zone yeah um so it's in the first place you're just putting a little bit of thought into training and how you actually apply stress and it makes it much easier to recover from in the first place yeah a lot of guys will do the 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 high day if you like they do the hard day they lift heavy they do some high intensity work with the conditioning whether it's sprints whether it's a hard conditioning session hard lactate anaerobic whatever Mm -hmm. it is they'll do that high day and then they'll come in the next day and they'll try and replicate it we'll mm-hmm. try and work hard again and then what you what you have is you just have this no man's land of like you're just battered mm-hmm. so you're not really you kind of think you're working hard and you're slogging it mm-hmm. but you're actually not improving your strength you're not improving your speed mm-hmm. you're not you know improving your you know your lactic capacity or whatever mm-hmm. you're working on um and you just kind of banging your head against the wall really what one area where i think that's actually and something that i've kind of come around to that that, that conversation we just had is very much from the the strength and conditioning coach's perspective isn't it that's yeah. if we're dealing with an athlete who is by definition in need of maximal outputs it's a, it's a sprinter that needs to run as fast as possible it's a rugby player that needs to hit as hard as possible and maintain as much output as they can over 80 minutes yeah it's a football player that needs to be able to sprint hard and do that over and over again an hour and a half you know this is this is working on maximum outputs for athletes whereas that kind of middle ground which is kind of a lot of volume not a lot of rest a lot of fatigue actually for for kind of gem pop clients who are coming in and they want to shift a bit of body weight you know they've come in after christmas and they want to lose some unwanted poundage i actually think that recently and recently as i've come around to earlier that for them it's actually almost the best the best it kind of training them, uh, it keeps it keeps them from not yeah, it, and, and know, it's it's um, much load or... it's probably if you were to look at it purely from a caloric output perspective, how much energy can you use? How much kind of calories? How many calories can you burn in one hour or in forty-five minutes? It's probably actually the best way of doing it. Mm-hmm. It's probably the biggest yeah, output. Yeah. It's yeah. not massively repeatable. Like I said, you're not going to be able to come in and do massive outputs and do that every single day of the week because you're going to be fried. Um, but again, if you're gem pop and you want to come in and work hard and sweat for an hour three times a week that kind of work is actually probably perfect Mm. and knowing you know taking it for what it is knowing what the cost of it is and knowing how to apply that stress and think you know what actually this isn't going to make me run faster well i'm sure it will do for a lot of people but it's not going to get me to run the fastest i could possibly run it's not the best way to train speed you're coming in you're burning some calories yeah yeah yeah. and you're probably having fun doing it as well yeah true Um, true it's you know, it's a very good way of just of getting a lot of work done in a short space of time, uh, and and it fits nicer, I think, for a lot of people with with, with general body composition goals. Yeah, and yeah. so I think it can be very very useful in that respect. But like you say, yeah, you just got to accept that you're maybe not going to be able to, you know, if you're looking to particularly get very strong or mm-hmm. very fast or very well conditioned, mm-hmm. you know, in whatever. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably not the not the optimal. But as you say, in terms of like nine till five in the office, yeah, 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 coming in, wanting to get some work done, you know, it's not a it's not a bad way of doing yeah, it. Not I think like um, go back to the like athletic stance of it. Like 
you, you know, I think most athletes who aren't in the know will come in and and, and do that as well mm-hmm. and not hit the high days and the low days. And I think, you well, know, you know, I think just performance in a sport dictates the need for a completely individualized program yeah. and something that is tailored around, okay, when's your technical, tactical training? When have you got football training? When have you got rugby training? If you're a marathon runner, when's your long run of the week? Or when are your yeah. hard intervals? Okay, let's plan everything else around that. Um, and again, like I say, talking about stress and recovery and rest and recovery, it speaks to that as well. You know, these sessions have got to be planned and 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 put in into the training week, not just for an appropriate time or for an appropriate amount of sets or for an, an appropriate training volume. But okay, how does that factor into the day before and the day after? What's what's the cost of that? How long is it going to take us to recover? Um, because ultimately, like so wherever your sport is, you're not doing the sport so that you can lift the weights. You're lifting weights and doing the conditions so that you're better at your sport. Yeah. So it kind of defeats the object if you're doing really big conditioning session, really, really hard intervals. And the next day you go to football training and you can't move. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately it's boss skills, pay the bills. As skills I say, pay the bills. Um, you know, be, be a PhD footballer, if that's what you're going to be. And then use the weights and the condition to make sure you're robust enough to not get injured. Yeah. That's it. That's a bit. Mm. Um, what about, um, you know, we get, get a few questions asked every now and again about, uh, you know, deload weeks mm-hmm. and things like, you know, things like this. Um, you know, how important do you think uh, a deload week is? How regularly do you normally, would you normally put those in for your your guys? Generally speaking, it's it's, it's very much on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you do get some program models or textbooks or, 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 you know, kind of training cycles where it's almost four weeks deload, four weeks deload, four weeks deload. Whereas in reality, a lot of people don't train hard enough to get to that point. No, no. Uh, and, and again, if you're, if you're, training around uh, sports performance goal or if you're training for just general body composition and like I say maximum outputs on your your primary concern um, and you are taking care of the stimulus you're putting through your body in the first place you don't a lot of people will not train hard enough or will not be at a level where they require deload every four weeks so you can often on a case-by-case basis if you're um, you know if you're recognizing certain signs that you need a deload if you're not progressing very well if you're not motivated to get into the gym um, if you're feeling tired, if you notice when you are in the gym, you're kind of sliding backwards a little bit. They're all kind of symptoms of overtraining. Yeah, They're all yeah. symptoms of excessive fatigue. Um, and it's just recognizing that. I was actually having a, a conversation with Joe in the, in the barbell club this morning. Um, and she was asking, is it, is it too much to come in and do barbell club three days a week? And then on the days off, is it too much to then come and do Metcon? So you're doing barbell, Metcon, barbell, Metcon. And I said, Again, it depends. Yeah, uh, yeah, if you're it's a very individual. Thing. If you're motivated to be here and actually you're getting up at half five in the morning to be in the gym at six o'clock, you're doing it every day and you feel good and you've got a smile on your face while you're doing it, chances are you probably don't need to deload because yeah. you're here, you're enjoying it. Look at your program, the weights are going up nicely. You know, what was a seven RPE this week, last week, was is now is now a six RPE this week, or you know, if you're in seven RPE last week and seven RPE this week, but the weight's gone up chances are you know, you're progressing you're recovering appropriately to the point where it's allowing you to progress each week. yeah yeah and you're fine with your metcons yeah, you don't need to deload exactly yeah. so uh, so a uh, a generic idea of right okay every four weeks we have to back up and, and have a week of easy training people are just losing 20 percent of the training volume yeah yeah. Or yeah people yeah, are losing time. one week in every yeah. five but they could just be building so yeah. um you know looking at looking at these different measures you know how you feel how you sleep in how your recovery is what your body weight's doing whether or not you're progressing in the gym they're all clues as to you know how much fatigue am I building up, how much fatigue am I accumulating, 
and how much am I able to actually recover from the stress that I'm putting through my body? Um, and, yeah. and again, like I said, chances are if you're in training at six o'clock in the morning, you've got a smile on your face and the weights are going up, crack on. Keep I think, yeah, years and years ago, like it used to be like, you know, very stringent in my programming and it'd be like, yeah, every fourth week, like, you know, would be, yeah. would be deload mm-hmm. with, without fail, like religiously. Um, you know, I think we've all sort of learned that, you know, programming and, you know, it should be more flexible. You know, mm-hmm. the RP is an example of that. Um, what we've just spoke about in terms of like, well, it depends how you're feeling, how you're recovering. That's why we do in the Barbell Club, like the questionnaires weekly mm-hmm. to, to monitor people's fatigues on an individual basis. Um, and yeah, like with my own training with like my individual clients now, it's a lot more flexible with the with with the deload mm-hmm. like it's like you know it's very rarely every four weeks these days it's you know it might be every eight weeks might be mm-hmm. every 12 weeks might be every four weeks um you know and it's um you know i've got an athlete and i was like you know once that deload every you know or expect that deload every fourth week and you're like you're actually you're in season you're actually doing mm-hmm. <laughs> about nine sets of sessions mm-hmm. you know a very low amount of volume like do we need to knock off mm-hmm. another 20 30 percent on the deload yeah. week and yeah. then become then run the risk of becoming detrained and under yeah. underloading mm-hmm. so it's a real fine balance and it's like you know it's not the holy grail that maybe we once thought it was however it's still the useful tool very useful when it's when, when it's when it's needed but I think with that, it's a case of like just being a, a little bit more, um, you know, kind of flexible mm-hmm. and monitor how you're feeling a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, over over time. If you're like, a, you know, if you're if you're a powerlifter like prepping for a comp, you might be a little bit more strict with it, you know, because you you are coming in and you're very much trying to work up to a you know, it might be a percentage or it might be an eight RP or a nine RP on, mm-hmm. on a particular movement. And then you know that the next week you're going to need a bit of a, mm-hmm. bit of a deload or you've done a certain amount of volume. You need to deload and, you know, even taper, which is a bit of a different thing because you, you know, tapering for a competition, you might need to be strict then with, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the deloads, but generally speaking, like, it's a lot better to be, to be flexible, mm-hmm. um, to be flexible with it. I think that's rest and rest protocols done. The, 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 the other one that I'd chuck in there, and I think is is something that always comes up with a lot of people, is um, is recovery sessions, or, oh, okay. or specifically yeah, adding yeah. in um, recovery work. And it's something that yeah. almost similar to a deload. Um, mm. It's it's a really really kind of weird, interesting toss up. Whereas the, the amount of times where you can come in. Um, feel terrible, um, feel battered, feel, feel beaten up and jump on a foam roller, do a little bit of aerobic work, do some kind of corrective exercises, walk out of the gym feeling great and, and feeling loose. Yeah, that, that, that's a real thing. That's a real training effect. But um, one thing that I'm often really kind of careful with when I'm prescribing those is you've got to really ask the question of if someone's coming to you and saying, oh, can I have a recovery session? Can I have you know, some, some, some corrective, some extra work to do? You've got to really dive into why they need that, and you think have a day off. Are they doing too much already? Yeah. Regardless of how low the stress of a recovery session is, is it essentially just stress on top of stress? Are they already not recovering? Yeah, from? exactly. Yeah. Um, Again, it's a, you know probably more of an individual thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. With it, with this, you know, kind of thing. I, yeah, some people are already doing more than enough. Mm. The last thing they want to do is like make the journey into the gym, like you mm. know 
do correctives, do you know whatever it is? Like they don't need it, they don't need the corrective work, don't need the mobility, don't need the aerobic yeah. stimulus. Um, you're better off just having a day off yeah. or just going go, for, go a for a walk. walk. Yeah, get yeah. some sunlight, go outside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, I used to be like I used to quite like coming in on a Sunday after a game. And again, it's not it's not right or wrong. Like it, you know, can work very well coming in on a Sunday and after a game and loosening up a little bit and things like that. I found for me personally, I actually maybe it's because you know, obviously I work in a gym and I'm here a lot. I actually much prefer just staying away <laughs> from the gym on yeah, a Sunday and yeah. going for a, going for a long walk. And I feel much better for like literally just, yeah, like a, away. a long walk, a hike or something like that. Fresh air, like, you know, that for me gives me a better, better, better recovery. Or, you know, makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. And, and then there's a mental thing probably as well of like, just, okay, you know, hard rugby game, gentle walk, gym Monday, mm-hmm. ready to go again. And I think if it's if it's something that is almost kind of programmed in regularly as part of your program, and it is you know, all that work is covered on your low days, yeah, then it shouldn't be a question of on a ad hoc basis. I'm really struggling this week. I need to add another session to recover. Actually, you should get all of that done, and your fatigue should be manageable in the first place. Right? Okay, the corrective work and the aerobic work is done on the low days. Yeah. So if you've got that Sunday programmed in, you said, you know what? I've got a really, really tight fixture schedule. You know, it's more applicable probably to football and basketball than it is to rugby. But sometimes if you're playing two or three games a week, you need to have certain days off. But it might be that your Sunday is one of the only chances where you can get your low day working. Mm-hmm. So that's actually right. Saturday's match day. Sunday is programmed as a training day. But it's just sufficiently low that you can still get yeah, some work and some beneficial stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've worked with footballers before. Like, that's a, that's a big one where, mm-hmm. like, in season, a lot of the time they're playing twice a week. Yeah, and because they're playing twice a week, there's a lot of field-based stuff, a lot of tactical work they need to do. The gym works, you know, fairly minimal, um, and you've got like maybe one session or two sessions a week in the gym, might be forty minutes each to get work done. So you might have that, um, you know, game day plus one, you know, mm-hmm. the, day, the day after as actually we're going to get you in the gym yeah we're going to do some like low level iso stuff Mm -hmm. we're going to do some you know correctives Mm -hmm. and bit of microdosing on certain things Mm -hmm. and that's actually a much better thing to do than just a complete rest day it's like well it's a good opportunity wait till you're overcooked and then try and add in that yeah yeah yeah. exactly exactly so uh yeah things to things to consider but again it's as with um as with you know, most things in, in training, in strength uh, conditioning, it's, you know, it does come down to individual mm-hmm. needs, individual situations. Individual tolerance. Tolerance um, as well. Training yeah, tolerance. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the individual is key in catering to the individual, using you know, scientific methods and tailoring them to the, the situation, the context that you see in front of you and the person that you see in front of you is key. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not one size fits all. Go all the same. So don't don't burn the cake, so to speak. Don't burn like the you cake. say. Wow. Yeah, but the poison's wow, in the wow. dose. Poison's in the dose. I'm sure there's more. It's been some bangers today. Absolute <laughs> bangers. Fantastic. I think we'll round it up there, guys. Mm. Thank you very much for listening. In terms of uh, things coming up at MSC. Um, oh, in fact, the latest thing is new stash. New stash. New stash. Um, lots of new stash. Uh, more winter stash, as it is still January. 
we can't wait to get the spring stash in. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, more winter stash for now, more hoodies. Uh, we have got some good T-shirts as well, some jumpers, things like that. Get yourself stashed up. Um, we have the Metcon Games, which has been announced. Um, so absolutely buzzing for that. Civil War. <laughs> Marvel themed Civil War, fancy dress. Oh. I'm going full Iron Man outfit, <laughs> um, which I need to look for. Um, I think Sonya's going to be Thanos. <laughs> and and uh, Luke will be Ant Man. Luke Luke's Ant Man. <laughs> um, so he's going to nibble at that. Oh, be no. yeah. Um, yeah. So we're buzzing for that. That's going to be brilliant. The Metcon Games is always awesome. Um, you know, well, we've only done it a couple of times, but it has been has been absolutely awesome both times. We can't wait for the third edition. It's going to be mega. So it's coming up soon. Uh, entries are open, so speak to one of the team, get your entry in. Um, yeah, entry entry fee includes a T-shirt for the day. Uh, it's going to be a mega event, big social afterwards. More details come on that. Get yourself involved. It's going to be a big day, and if you don't want to compete, that's fine. Uh, just come down and watch and get amongst it. Get amongst it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, good luck to Jazz, um, who's competing at the British Championships on Saturday. Um, so Jazz has been training really well. Mm. Really excited. He's uh, one of the one of the good guys in life. He's dialed in. Um, he? He's dialed in. He's dialed like, in. He's a he's a he's a competitor. Yeah. He's a fierce competitor, nicest bloke you'll ever meet. Mm. When it's time to get on the dance floor, it's business. It's business. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, I watched Jazz at the British uh, a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. Uh, must have been 2019 champs, British champs where he won. And it was generally like the best live sport I've ever seen. <laughs> and I've seen, I've been lucky enough to see some good live sport. But like, he did an absolutely monstrous, like 18 kilo jump on his last lift. Won the title, won the British. Um, so good luck to Jazz. Good luck to Jazz on Saturday. British weightlifting champs. Um, and also Jenny Hughes, former member as well, will be coming down from Scotland to compete in that. Good luck to her and everyone else, all the, all the other competitors that were taking part. Um, buzzing for it. Buzzing mm. for it. Hopefully it brings back the, uh, the gold medal. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Catch you soon. Thanks for having me. Peace out.